you don't produce your own electricity, just take advantage of it. Similarly, you might just take uh, advantage of AI solutions. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm pleased to be here with Jerome Buba, head of Capgemini's Digital Transformation Institute, which is Capgemini's research center on all things digital. This team publishes a regular series of reports featuring research and insights from experts across a range of industries, geographies, and disciplines. And the next publication from this team is coming out, and it's the 11th edition of the Digital Transformation Review, which will soon be released. And so Jerome is here to give us a sneak peek into the upcoming publication. Welcome, Jerome. Thank you so much, Trish. Okay, so this is the 11th edition of the Digital Transformation Review, but before we get into the current issue, can you just give us a bit of background on the publication? Sure, thanks, Trish. Um, so this review is, is our flagship journal uh, that we publish twice a year. Uh, the review features interview, interviews with a wide range of experts from across the world with very different backgrounds. Um, we invite senior executives from traditional organizations. Uh, we recently had the vice chair of GE, uh, Beth Comstock, or the CD of Nestle, the CD of LVMH. Um, and, but we also invite you know, tech firms, uh, venture capitalists, academics, and, and startups. And I think this is the, the combination of all these perspectives uh, that can be very valuable to, to our clients. Oh, no doubt. And, and what do you have planned coming up for the next issue? So each edition has a specific theme. Uh, our previous edition, for example, focused on digital culture and how you can create a digital culture throughout your organization. This edition focuses on artificial intelligence, and we discuss with, uh, with our contributors uh, AI use cases, so where AI can be used, uh, the, the AI talent gap, AI and jobs, um, and, and the features that um, characterize companies that understand AI and make the most of it. Okay, well, certainly a hot topic today. So, so who are some of the people that were featured in these interviews? We have some fantastic contributors for, for this edition. And um, so we have first an interview, for example, with the head of AI at Prudential, who explained that AI uh, for Prudential is, is first and foremost a customer experience play. Uh, we also have a great interview with the uh, chief digital officer of Volvo. Uh, from an academic perspective, we have um, a really interesting interview with Professor Floridi, who's a professor of uh, philosophy at, uh, uh, and ethics of information at the University of Oxford. He has written extensively uh, on, the, on the ethics of AI, and in the review, he argues that we need to adapt AI to humans and not the, the other way around. Um, we also have an interview with a professor at MIT who gives his uh, views on which sector uh, will be the most affected uh, by AI. Then we have a few representatives from the Silicon Valley. Uh, first, uh, Andresen Horowitz, uh, the famous VC firm, and we talk to the uh, partner in charge of AI. Uh, we have one of the AI leaders at Google who explains that over the last two years, Google has gone from a couple hundred projects using AI to almost 7,500 projects now. Um, so we have the CEO of a really exciting AI startups uh, who describes how AI is, is delivering some very concrete results, uh, especially in the field of e-commerce. 
And we have some experts from the, um, you know, some of the largest uh, tech uh, organizations. Uh, Lili Cheng, uh, one of the most famous uh, women in the, in the world of AI, who works at uh, Microsoft Research. And she explains where AI can have the most impact. And finally, we have Rob High, the CTO of IBM Watson and the um, co-founder of uh, uh, Cloudera and CTO of Cloudera. That's quite an interesting mix of contributors. So what was the rationale for choosing these individuals? Well, I mean, each of these contributors is an expert in the field, if you will. And, and we have here some of the most advanced organizations when it comes to AI, uh, as well as the, the, the very best you know, tech firms um, you know, that are developing AI solutions, you know, IBM Watson or, or Microsoft, for example. And what were some of the key themes that have emerged from these discussions? Well, there are key themes emerging indeed. Um, I mentioned the AI talent gap, for example. And uh, interestingly enough, I mean, there, there seems to be a consensus um, uh, from our panel that we shouldn't worry too much about the, the AI talent gap. Uh, Frank Chen from uh, Andreessen Horowitz, for example, argues that every time there is a platform shift, there is a period during which uh, developers are very expensive and there is not enough of them. Um, so, but this is not unprecedented at all. So it was exactly the same thing uh, for HTML and, and JavaScript at the beginning of the web. Um, but eventually, the ecosystem catches up. Um, and um, so lots of, lots of our contributors also argue that traditional organizations don't need the multi-million dollar top AI researcher. Uh, they, they don't need to invent a brand new AI algorithm or, or technique, I mean, they can just take the ones that are being invented and apply them into, into the business. Uh, basically, the message that you don't need to be skilled in AI to benefit. You, you need to be skilled in your use case. And this is what um, Rob High, for example, argues, the CTO of IBM Watson. And Lily Cheng from Microsoft very much agrees. Uh, she says that people don't need to have a PhD in AI to benefit from AI. Um, and Luciano Frodi from Oxford University has a, has a similar perspective that is very interesting. He says, well, you don't produce your own electricity. You just take advantage of it. And similarly, you might just take uh, advantage of AI solutions that can be deployed uh, to solve uh, your, your problems. Um, I'll just mention maybe another key theme um, emerging from the review, and, uh, and this is the impact of AI on jobs. And our panel is broadly optimistic uh, for, for the long run. Luciano Freudi, for example, argues that uh, there'll be jobs for future generations. There is absolutely no doubt about this. It's not as if there was a, a fixed amount of jobs. Um, the problem is more for the current generations. And that, are, that will be undergoing the shift. And uh, Michael Shriggs from the MIT agrees. He's not worried for people in their 20s, but uh, a bit more for people in their 40s. And we have Michael Natush explaining that Prudential uh, is not trying to replace uh, its advisors, for example, but really to augment them and add to their capabilities. So overall, a fairly optimistic uh, perspective from, from our panel on this front. Wow, well, it sounds like a fascinating set of insights from these thought leaders. So how can people get a copy of this report? 
So you can visit uh, our website, uh, capgemini.com, uh, to subscribe or and, uh, and have a copy emailed uh, to you, uh, or check you know, our website after, after the publication. Okay, fantastic. And how can people connect with you and your team, Jerome? So our contact info is on the website, uh, or you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Jerome Bivats, and uh, or you can also find me on LinkedIn. Jerome, thank you very much for your time, and we really thank look you, forward to reading the 11th edition of the Digital Transformation Review. Thank you. Thank you very much.